Hello, A's fans. Welcome back to the Athletics Baseball Podcast with your host, Taylor, where we mostly focus on the A's and occasionally talk about other things going on around the league. Today, we are mostly just going to be talking about the games over the last couple of days, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and just checking in with the A's and what's going on. But first... A quick reminder to follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, give it a rating, a review, and let your friends and family know about the podcast if you enjoy it. Send an email over to the Oakland mayor if you want to, letting her know why you want the A's to stay in Oakland, and encouraging her to keep them there. And now, let's just jump right into some of these results. I know a lot of you A's fans are probably in sky-is-falling mode right now because you probably feel like this is what you were worried about but expected. And I get it, but you don't need to be there yet. These results were not great. That's obvious. (laughs) But it is the beginning of the season... One of the big criticisms over the weekend so was basically that the bats did not exist in any capacity. That is, specifically, the A's scored three runs in three games. And luckily, two of those were in one game and worked properly with the rest of the team to enable a win. A two-to-one, very exciting, very good game win. That was opening night, Thursday, and that means that only one run was scored between the other two games, which were both losses, obviously, and people are just upset and freaking out about that, and in these games, it's twofold. The pitching didn't hold up at some point in the games, and the batting never woke up, and something you have to keep in mind is baseball is very momentum-based. Uh, collapsing and and giving up a dozen runs or so at a time can suck the air entirely out of an offense and sort of guarantee that you're not going to get very quality at bats from a lot of your guys, honestly, because the way that these guys approach things at the plate, what they're swinging on, how patient they are, all, all of these things, whether they're going for a single or, or okay with just getting a walk versus trying to hit a home run, they, these things all change depending on the situation in the game. If you're down by a run and you've got a guy on first and we had just rallied back three runs in that inning and there's no outs you might, as a player, be more inclined to just try and take a nice hit and and move the player over. If you're down by eight and there's no one on base and there's two outs, I feel like, and what I seem to see often, is players sort of start swinging bigger because there's not that much at stake and they want a home run for their own stat line, 
I I think. So they they both feed into each other when the batters are hitting. It takes some pressure off the pitchers and allows them, I think, to kind of settle into a groove more and, and have better performances on their end. When the pitchers are dealing, then the it it's either a close game where the batters feel like they have to sort of step it up and they approach things differently, or at that point they're already ahead anyways and it doesn't really matter that much often. So I feel like that's sort of how these things play into each other. Now that said, performance-wise, final result-wise, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday were all disappointments. So we won 2-1 to one, the Thursday opener. We lost Saturday 13-1, to one, which was a really painful day because it was basically over after the top of the third. It was 13 to 1 and we gave up 11 runs in the top of the 3rd. It was it was rough and I I watched it. So I I know exactly how rough it was. I'm sure a lot of you do as well. And that one run came off of a Loriano home run. There were 5 hits total in that game and and 3 walks. But they just weren't connected together in the right way to score anybody else throughout the rest of that game. Definitely a tough one to watch, and I'm sure a tough one to be a part of as a player as well. It was sort of exactly what people had concerns over with Fuji that led to it, is the wheels just fell off in the third. He was looking really good in the first and second and his command just totally slipped away from him, and he let in eight runs, eight earned for him, all just in the top of the third. And that's not good. <laughs> that's that's not good. But other than that, the first two innings, he looked really good, unhittable. As I've said, when he is having full control over the baseball, it seems like he is basically unhittable when he eventually at some point in a game loses control over the baseball, then he just starts walking guys and trying, I think at that point, trying to put it in the strike zone makes him more hittable. And that control is something that he's going to have to figure out. I think the A's knew that. I think he knows that. He's been dealing with it in Japan for years. And... Hopefully there's some way that the A's can help him out with that. If not, at some point, if it's if nothing's working, then I think that he might be relegated to sort of a split start situation where maybe he maybe he is just expected to go three innings, and then you pull out another guy who's expected to go three innings, and that's sort of it. And maybe at some point he decides himself that what he needs to do is take a look at a relief for maybe a closing role, and maybe that's something that he decides that he wants to do. But hopefully we see that step from him getting himself more in control of that baseball. And before we go on to the Sunday game, because there's not too much else to talk about with Saturday's game, 
I should probably just address the elephant in the room for the rare few people, the the lucky people who are not in the social media world of sports, I guess, who have not heard yet what happened after the Thursday opener. And if you have heard about this at all, then yes, I am talking about the Angels third baseman Anthony Rendon getting into an altercation with an A's fan after the game. Not going to spend a lot of time on this. I think that it's really not that important and sort of it's been hashed and rehashed out there enough. But basically, at the end of the game, there was a fan who probably, presumably, said, reportedly said something offensive and vulgar to Anthony Rendon. Just generic curse words, I believe. And Rendon took offense, went back, and escalated it to a physical altercation, grabbed him by the jersey, pulled him down to the railing, and took a swipe at, at him, a slap or a, or a hit of some sort. And it was not a great look, obviously, for that particular fan or for Anthony Rendon. And the end result has just come out today, Monday, which is why I'm sort of bringing it up. He has now, because of that, Anthony Rendon, been fined an undisclosed amount and suspended for four games. It was initially five, but he appealed and they dropped it to four games, and then he removed his appeal. So it was not a great situation for anybody. I think that we can move on from that now. Sunday's game was also not great. Essentially, the A's could not score any runs. We lost 6-0. to zero. That was a Ken Waldachuk day. All six of those runs were his earned runs. He went five and two-thirds innings. One walk, nine hits, six runs. Those runs came in the fourth and fifth innings. And it was essentially a three-run home run from... Their catcher, Ohapi, I think that's how you say it, and that was the fourth inning. So he put two on base and then let one get away from him, and it left the left the field. And then in the fifth inning, Trout hit a two-run home run, and immediately after, Otani hit a solo home run. He worked through the fifth inning. And then in the sixth inning, I believe he he stayed in for two outs, let up, a, I think, a double, and then got yanked, I think is what happened with the, with the hit there that got him removed from the game. Zach Jackson came in for just one out and took care of it. Adrian Martinez went the rest of the game, three innings. He is probably going to be acting as a sort of long relief guy slash spot starter sort of guy alongside Adam Aller. Hits-wise, five hits, three walks, just like the Saturday game. Instead of a home run, Loriano hit a double, and then Aguilar hit two singles, and Langoliers hit two singles, and that was that. 
as far as the hits go. Loriano also grabbed a pair of walks, and Seth Brown took a walk as well. But they just were not paired up together in, in the right way at the right times, and we didn't really succeed in getting to the Angels. The, the reason that we were able to be successful on Thursday's opener was basically, on the pitching side, we limited the damage that the Angels could do themselves, and on the hitting side, we worked our way through Otani early enough to see a couple of relievers and got to them relatively quickly before they could get their closer out there and, and sort of try and shut the game down. So that was a key. Those, those two things were the two things that did not happen at all in the Saturday and Sunday games. On the Monday game against the Cleveland Guardians, a nail-biter into the 10th inning that the A's lost 12-11 to and was honestly a very good game to watch uh, as far as entertainment goes and back and forth. A rough game at the end as an A's fan. The closer a game is or the higher the stakes of the game, the harder it is if you do lose it, and the more exciting it is if you win, obviously. But that said, objectively speaking, it was a great game. The A's performed very well. Caprellian let up five runs, two in the first inning and three in the fourth inning. He went five full innings. That was two walks and seven hits. Not fantastic, but he did look pretty good out there. And one of those earned runs for Caprellian was just a solo home run, and other than that, it was just a lot of traffic on the bases in those two innings. He also struck five out, and I know numbers-wise, stat line, it wasn't a fantastic outing just from, from the numbers, but I thought he actually did pitch pretty decently, and the Guardians lineup is not necessarily an easy one to pitch through. There's a, a lot of those guys can hit and hit more for average than power, I would say. So you're you're probably going to give up a lot of contact to the Guardians. You just want it to be the right kind of contact. And we got touched up a little bit there. It really isn't Caprellian's fault as much as it could have been there as as much as it looks like on the score line, I should say, Kemp had a had a had a big error where essentially it should have been a double play. And it was basically just a bad bit of fielding. Ball didn't quite make it into his glove, didn't quite stay there. I'm not sure if it took a bad hop or what, but it wasn't the only bit of not ideal fielding throughout the day. Connor Capel also was coming in on a ball in right field, and he wasn't going to get there in time, I think, from the get-go, but he tried to get it off the bounce, and there were guys on base. He was also going to try and time a throw in, and the ball caught a strange bounce. Not, not technically his fault, really, but it caught that bounce, 
at a slight angle away from where he expected it to be, missed the fielding of the ball. It went past him, behind him into the outfield, and that's just not not great to see. Some of the most frustrating things that you can see as a fan of baseball are errors, and that one technically was not an error. Tony Kemp's was scored as an error, but when you're watching it as a fan, it looks like an error, and it feels like an error, and there's always that question of what if there was a better defender there, maybe they could make a spectacular play and avoid the error or something. I mean, there there are questions as a fan with something like that. And Loriano was DHing that game, and Capel was in right field where Loriano has been playing lately. So maybe a question is, would Loriano have been able to make that play? Maybe a question is, if Pache is still on the team playing center and Ruiz is in right field, maybe does he make that play? Uh, Ruiz is incredibly fast. Ramon is a great outfielder as well and has been a top 10 center fielder consensus in MLB in the past. And you can basically take a high-level center fielder and plug them in anywhere in the outfield and expect a pretty good amount of success. So maybe I'm being a little bit unnecessarily harsh on Capel there. I don't think that he... I don't think it was his fault, but that is how it can feel as a fan watching in that sort of situation. On to the positives from Monday's 12-11 to 10th inning loss against the Cleveland Guardians. Familia's two runs that he let up were unearned. Sam Mole looked pretty good, and a lot of guys got hits. We only got three walks in that game and scored 11 runs with 11 hits. Every single player on the team was a recipient of one of those hits or more on their stat line today, except Ledmus Diaz, who did get a walk and scored a run with that walk. So he, he still contributed offensively at some point during the game. But Kemp had two singles, Chase Peterson a walk, and a huge three-run home run in the second inning that sort of catapulted the A's into the lead 6-2, to two, which at the time felt like this is good, this is great, this could and maybe should be enough to get us there. But then the Guardians just kept chipping away. Seth Brown, two hits... One of them a single, one a home run in the ninth inning to basically bring us, to keep us in the game at that point. Two-run home run that just tied it up there, allowing us to even make it into the tenth inning. So we did throughout the game have some pretty clutch hits, I would I would say. Connor Capel next in the lineup. He had one walk and two singles. Loriano had two hits. One of them was a home run, and the other a single. His home run was a two-run home run in the fifth inning that came right after 
the Guardians had a three-run top of the fourth. So that sort of just helped to put the A's, stretch their lead back out a little bit after the Guardians had just closed that gap. Ryan Noda, he got his first big league hit, and he had a single and a double on the day, going two for five. Langoliers recorded the single, and Ruiz put two doubles on the board, and I have to say, one of those had no business being a double. <laughs> and it was really, really great to watch, actually, that that particular double. I mean, his first double, it was an RBI double, and it was just into deep left field corner, way in, in the corner. Great, Great looking double, great hit, but the second one in the 10th inning when the game was on the line and it didn't really end up saving the A's, but another RBI double, that one was just fantastic. Mostly just because it was almost unbelievable when you're watching it. I mean, he hit a sort of short swing, slow ground ball right down first baseline. The defender was not near the bag and not ready for it. It was maybe 10 feet off the bag, I would say, and rolled right into the outfield, nice and slow, and probably for anybody else, it's a single on the A's. Probably for most people around the entire league, it's a single. But the second he hit it, you could see the way he was running, that he that was a double and he was going to make it one. And so he took a wide a wide track to first base, rounded first, and slid into second with a little bit of time to spare. And it was well hit, but definitely not a double for pretty much any other player out there, I would think. He was really moving on that. And it came in a clutch time even though it didn't end up changing the outcome of the game, I think that that was something that was good to see, encouraging, because it means that he can hit when the game is on the line. He can stand up to the big plays. That's that's something that's really encouraging. So, all in all, I guess, what are my takeaways? Well, the bullpen is mostly good. I... The bullpen was a little bit rough today on Monday, today for me, and has looked better over the weekend, but I think that the bullpen will be a strong point through the season. The starting pitchers, I think, with the couple of injuries that we've had, with the rotation, with guys that we have been expecting to have in the rotation, Blackburn, Rasinski. Caprellian making it back just in time, but I I sort of think that it's throwing things a little bit out of whack rotation-wise, and not that it necessarily would have been uh, the best rotation out there, but, and, and basically, I'm not saying it's a bad rotation either, or that it doesn't have potential, just that there's question marks. There's still a lot of question marks, and 
those question marks did not get smaller when two of the guys that we were projecting to be our opening day starting rotation roster guys were out still with injury starting the season like that. I mean, I think that it made the question marks bigger. That's all. And the thing also with the rotation guys, if you have a bad outing, if things go not good and and you just blow up, then you can destroy your ERA in that outing in a short period of time with a small sample size, right? We can't really look at these data points of one game for each guy and say anything with any amount of confidence at all. It's kind of just, why don't we wait and see? And there's really nothing else that you can do about it, I think, whether whether you're me or Mark Kotze. You just have to... You, you can't really make any moves yet because a starting pitcher, it's noise. One game is just noise. Two games is just noise. You, you have to... I, I think you have to get a month into the season to be able to say really anything significant about the starting rotation. And offensively, although we lost the Monday game against the Guardians, it was a breath of fresh air. Guys were getting those hits. There was a lot of run support for the pitchers. couple home runs, which up until today there had only been one, which was Loriano, his solo shot on Saturday. And today we added three to that, another for Loriano, one for Brown, and one for Peterson. Uh, we, we saw just a lot more offensive production across the board and stringing things together in the right way. I know there's all the A's fans are, you know, chicken little out there. Sky is falling. We are four games into the season, and we are sitting ahead of the Phillies and ahead of the Mariners. So you can go ahead and panic. You can say that this is the worst we've ever been or the worst we'll ever do, and I just don't agree with you, but it's just the beginning of the season. There's there's 158 more baseball games to play, and our guys are, are still warming up just like all the other baseball players in the league. They're still getting used to playing a lot of baseball like this again. And what we can expect from the team does does not necessarily have anything to do with what we've seen so far in four games of baseball. Well, not too much has happened around the A's over the last couple of days, except for these difficult and disappointing and heartbreaking losses, which I do not expect to be the norm through the season. I don't think this will be an everyday thing, but we have had a bit of a rough start here. Lots of other teams have as well, but hopefully we'll see the starting pitching keep us in the game, the bullpen keep us in the game, and the batting doing something, getting some hits, something akin to what we saw on the Monday game against the Guardians. Nice clean fielding, 
you know, we'll, we'll see that come together at some point. The question is more so probably how often are we going to see all of them come together and how often will one of them slipping lead to a loss. And there's really no way to say that until we're a little bit deeper in the season. All right, sometime soon, I'm going to come at you with another baseball movie review. I haven't decided what movie yet. If you have any ideas, uh, shoot them to me over Twitter at athletics underscore pod or Instagram at athletics underscore baseball underscore podcast or over email at athleticsbaseballpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, if you have any ideas for, for a baseball movie that you want me to review, then let me know. Other than that, the season has started, as you are now fully aware. Baseball is happening five, six, sometimes even seven days per week. I will not be releasing any episodes on the weekends, but I will be trying to release episodes more frequently during weekdays. If a game has not happened the previous day, for instance, sometimes we have no game on Thursday, then I will not be recording a day, uh, recording an episode the following day. So if there's no game on Monday, then I will not record an episode to release on Tuesday. That That's the likelihood. That's what I'm looking at. And other than that, I'm just going to see how many I can get out, essentially. I'm not going to commit to every weekday, definitely not every single day, but I would like to do it a little bit more than twice a week as the season moves forward and heats up. And we'll just have to see. Well, thank you for listening to Athletics Baseball Podcast once again. I hope you had a great weekend and enjoyed opening day, opening weekend, even though we may not have gotten all of the results that we wanted. And see you next time. Have a great week.